Welcome back, everyone. Been a while. Thanks for tuning in to Season 2 of TopCast, your service management podcast. Last season, we looked at topics to help add value in service departments, and in my opinion, had a great time doing it. This season, we have a different spin on things, and we'll be diving into 10 new episodes focused on future-proof service delivery. What does that mean? Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. 2021 will hopefully be a great year for all service departments around the world. As always, I like to dive right into things and make the most out of the episodes. So let's get a little more familiar with our topic today and then our guests. Today, we're bringing in two of our top desk customer success managers from different parts of the world, I might add, to shed some light on what has transpired over the last year for service departments. With that, Let's welcome in Tanisha and Loveland. So Tanisha, I'd like uh, I'd like you to give a little bit of an intro on yourself if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so as Braden said, my name is Tanisha. Um, I've worked at Top Desk for two and a half years now um, and actually started off in sales. Um, and almost two years ago, um, I applied for the role as CSM in the UK. And I suppose you can say the rest is history. Fantastic. And Loveland, same question to you. A little, little info about yourself. Gosh, where do I even start? I've been with Top Desk Canada, part of the starting team uh, for four years now. And um, started off in sales very much like Tanisha. And then afterwards, it was, it was an interesting thing because I get to see customers from the very beginning that we still have right now, and I'm taking care of them right now as a CSM. So it's really cool to see from that side when we started in, started them in, brought them in, and uh, now taking care of them as a CSM. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to talk to both of you guys today and figure out uh, you know some similarities and differences uh, from, from both parts of the world. I think that's going to be a pretty fun conversation. So um, you know, I'd like to shed some light for our listeners on, on some of like the biggest adjustments that uh, had to be made for service desks during, you know, this time being the interesting time that we're living in right now. So, Tanisha, first question kind of for you. Um, so prior to the pandemic, what were some of like the common challenges that you were helping customers work through? Yeah, um, I'd say probably the most common challenge was how can customers kind of prioritize top desk in their organizations and make the most of and well get more out of the system that they're paying for you know how can they grow with the tool um and i think you know itsm isn't always kind of seen as a priority in some organizations um so i think as a csm it was really well it really is important still now and it was always important to really you know, help customers push their service desk tools in their organizations, you know, expand to other departments, really grow with the system that they've got in place. And Loveland, I kind of want to invite you into this conversation here as well. Uh, are there any like similarities um, or, or, or maybe challenges that Canadian customers face for, that relate to uh, what Tanisha just mentioned there as well? It's very similar, actually. When it comes to the operations of an organization anyway, a lot of people don't, I don't know whether or not it's a generalization, but when you think of operations in an organization, it's they don't necessarily see as IT as numero uno, but IT is operations. And so 
um, going into conversations with customers, it's mainly you purchase top desk to help streamline your operations and make sure that um, all the redundant tasks and all the uh, things that are repetitive can be automated or can be um, streamlined so that your team can work on something that's more fulfilling. Uh, that's what top desk is here to do. And that's where I come in and say, okay, how are how are things set up? Are you do you feel like um, you are not only getting value out of it, but do you feel like the redundant tasks that you experienced beforehand, are they minimized? And not, uh, if they are eliminated, that'd be amazing. And when I'm talking about redundant tasks, it's like the things such as password resets, those things can be automated. Mm -hmm. Or even so, uh, when it goes to extensive uh, workflow changes or processes such as uh, onboarding a new employee, um, all the authorization steps that have to take place, can we get rid of paper? Can we get rid of the uh, challenge of the the walking paper and disappearing underneath the pile? Right? Mm -hmm. Can we um, can we put it so that um, people can authorize it easily with a push of a button, and somebody can finally order a product or or get uh, a new person up and running uh, without having to work or without having to deal with. Um, paper trails or some sort yeah. that's what I'm thinking sorry can I just chip in there as well because yeah. it's really interesting what you've just said um about the whole paper thing and you know you'd think oh we're in the 21st century everyone will have a system or everyone will yeah. use a system some people have a system in place but it really is a culture change to get people to use a service desk tool and not just to mm -hmm. use it but to use it in the correct way mm -hmm. and that's probably the most difficult thing for our customers because the majority of the teams that implement a help desk tool, you know, they love the tool and they want to make the most out of it, but it's changing everyone else's perspective and changing yeah. old habits, which is a massive challenge and probably one of the most common challenges that we face to help our customers with. Yeah. And, and I would like to jump on that one. IT is easy. Like the IT teams are already looking forward to how do we streamline our operations, um, and they start and they're fast. That team's fast. It is bringing on board okay, um, the other parties, and that's where the fun begins. That's when we get to say like okay, how do we as top desk help you to have them onboarded or so? Do we need to go in as that third party expert to help you? Um, I wouldn't necessarily pitch it, but at least share the value of it, share the benefits of it as well. To say, hey, um, IT was able to streamline this and they were able to save a lot of time here and money and resources. We can do the same thing for you. That I like. I just wanted to jump in there as well. Um, so one of the things you guys actually brought up there was, you know, the idea of IT being generally a little bit more mature than some of the other departments in most organizations as well, right? In terms of their service service delivery. So I was kind of hoping you guys could elaborate a little bit more on uh, some of the preventative measures either taken by you guys or maybe the, the customers themselves to ensure that their service departments would run smoothly, like while we we're kind of still in the thick of things but while they're in the thick of this pandemic well to be honest i don't think many customers had preventative measures in place because no one saw it coming mm -mm. and mm -mm. i think from my perspective anyway and i mean lovely i know we've had conversations about this that 
we were really surprised how many customers were not prepared or equipped for the transition to working from home and I don't know whether that's a culture thing at top desk as well because we're very used to working from home we were able to work from home before the pandemic we already had things in place so the transition I didn't feel like it was that difficult for us as an organization but I think so many of our customers found it I wouldn't say found it difficult but time consuming to make that transition because they didn't have those measures in place prior to Mm. covid sort of hitting us Mm -hmm. yeah and i felt that um and we've discussed this as well in the very beginning we were wondering with the pandemic oh we can certainly help our customers early on um do we need to offer some consultancy how do we help them with any workflows or whatnot but um customers were really mainly focused on uh, getting their team up and running or their organization really up and running working from home uh, and the security and privacy measures that had to be in place or retrain retrain their staff about cyber security right that suspicious email from your CEO who normally never emails you please don't open it but people do right so (laughs) so we gotta be able they, they were figuring that one out and so unfortunately like you hear cases of organizations around the world have, um, well, got hacked, right? So that's that was the main focus in the very beginning there. And how did TopDesk um, help? Well, we weren't a focus in the very beginning. For no, definitely not. And no. I think that was something we were almost a little bit worried about as well, because we were thinking at first, obviously, not really many people knew what was going on when we were all kind of sent home to work Mm -hmm. and we were thinking you know that we were going to be inundated with telephone calls and emails from our customers and that really wasn't the case Mm -hmm. Um, and it was quite worrying and looking back now obviously that would have been for various reasons as we've kind of mentioned customers had a lot of other priorities Mm -hmm. but also you know many people have been furloughed um And also people were made to take holidays early on. If people had children to look after, that was their priority rather than getting in touch with us. And there were so Mm -hmm. many different factors. And I think that's what made us realise that, you know, we can't sit back and hang around and wait for customers to get in touch with us. We need to be making that proactive contact with them. And to reassure customers that we are business as usual and that if they needed anything, whether that was, you know, a doctor top desk session where they could speak to a consultant for an hour or just a telephone call with myself or an account manager, um, that, you know, we were more than happy to have those conversations and that if they did need anything, they knew who the right people to contact were as well. Um, And I think that's really helped to build those customer relationships during COVID as well because we've had more time to make that sort of personal impact. One thing I, I think you brought it up there Tanisha was the uh, you know Dr. Top Desk initiative as well so obviously right when the right when you know this all started I would say uh, there was that like initial shock and then the top priority like you guys mentioned was sort of the security stuff that was you know number one on the list of to-dos and then you know as we have moved along here I guess it's sort of expedited the importance of having these service delivery uh, processes in place. 
So yeah, I was hoping either one of you uh, would elaborate a little bit more on sort of the Dr. Top Desk initiative, maybe from the UK UK's perspective and uh, the Canadian perspective as well, and just how that basically helped our, our customers out uh, during this time. So Dr. Top Desk has been an initiative that we've had um, in the UK for a few years now, um, and it was all well. It's always been in place to be a free one hour worth of consultancy for customers where they can discuss pretty much any topic that they want you know have sort of hands-on consultancy with a you know specialized consultant um and obviously it's free as well because um sometimes customers do need those little things fixing or they have a few questions about something and it's not necessarily something that is in the support remit but it's not something that it's worth paying for you know half a day a full day's consultancy to do um so yeah we've kind of had it in place for a while um and it's funny because we kind of saw it dip off so when we first had the initiative it was sort of very very popular then last year we were still busy with it but you know our days well the consultants who do it their days weren't necessarily full with it um but then this year especially the latter half of the year when I feel like customers um, after the initial shock of the pandemic hitting um, customers kind of were able to get back into the swing of things a little bit more um, it seems to have really taken off again and I don't think we've had in the, the second half of this year anyway a single doctor top desk day that hasn't been fully booked um, and it's just another thing to enable customers to have that contact with us and to have that sort of technical support and help and guidance. Um, it's just another touch point in the system. And I think it's invaluable to customers because as well, you know, um, not all customers might necessarily be in a position where they can pay for consultancy. This is a very difficult time financially for many organisations. Um, so I think this year it's probably been more valuable than it's ever been. What's cool is that the UK has had it for a long time and Canada, we, we haven't had that initiative at all. So really, it was the first time when I heard Tanisha during our conversations talk about Dr. Tuptas, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? What does that mean? And um, that free consultancy, um, giving, giving that and offering that to our customers was really invaluable. And we were able to do this after uh, one of our events called the Top Desk on Tour for our customers. And... Um, Yes, it was well received. People were really appreciative of the fact that they can ask their questions, actually get stuff done too, um, to have that dedicated focus power hour with a consultant on things that they maybe wouldn't have touched in the next year or so because it wasn't a priority, but then they see this. And also on the other side, for our consultants, they found it a breath of fresh air. Right? They get to speak with customers that they haven't spoken to before a while because sometimes they're on other projects or so. And um, and it's not just touch point with consultant, it's touch point with me as well. And just to see, um, well, how are they doing during, during the pandemic? And many of them are great. Many of them are doing great. Um, but one I do want to mention is even though we can kind of say that, oh gosh, everybody was panicking in the very beginning, some some customers took it another way and and this is what i also admire and it's the tenacity there because um some looked at it and looked at the pandemic as horrible as it is right um take it with the mindset of let's not waste a good crisis here 
Right? Oh, I completely so, agree with that. Yeah, that they saw that it is, as an opportunity exactly. to run with things that they wouldn't have been able to run with before. And realistically, for many of our customers, well, mm-hmm. and many customers I've spoken to, Top Desk has been an imperative part mm-hmm. of implementing this kind of new way of working. One thing I'd like to tie in here as well. So, like, obviously, there's varying levels of uh, maturity across our, our customers. Um, uh, speaking particularly on service management, obviously. Um, so, how important has it been um, for you guys to enable sort of customer collaboration? So, not necessarily between departments, but maybe between you know cost- customer A and customer B. Oh, I'd say more important than ever. Um, I think something that was a bit, little bit difficult when the pandemic hit was that typically kind of the top desk way of doing things is we have numerous events throughout the year, whether those are application manager days, um, new customer days, top desk on tour, where customers not only get to see us face to face, but they get to meet other customers and interact and ask each other questions and learn from each other. And I think at the beginning of this crisis, we were all a bit like, how are we going to do that? Because we're not going to be able to get our customers in the same room. And that's where I think kind of hosting online events has been critical um, to enable customers to continue to have that contact with one another, with one another, sorry. And I think it's interesting because we've actually probably enabled customers to have that contact even more so with everything being virtual because we've hosted more events online. So in some of our business units in the UK, they've took it upon themselves to host education specific events online, for example, or um, one of our business units has hosted um, an event specifically for councils. So I think, like I said before, it's been critical. And I think it's probably where the most valuable conversations take place as well, because Although we are very knowledgeable at Top Desk, we aren't necessarily the fountain of all knowledge. And it's so important that customers learn from what each other are doing as well. Lovely. Any any particular takes on that at all? Cross Canadian customers? When it comes to events, we only we do have a few as well in order for them to uh, have the chance to network with each other. Of course, in the beginning, yeah, face to face is always great, and it's always it feels so organic as well. And trying to translate that into uh, virtual is always it, it's a it's a puzzle and a challenge, but we were able to manage that. Um, but uh, the things that I do like doing is having the touch points with the customers. Um, either quarterly or those that I speak to monthly as well, like whatever whatever challenge might be coming up or whatever questions that they have gives me an idea of like, oh, I know another customer from, um, it might not be education, but it could be from the city who's doing something similar, who has run, who has run into a challenge and had, this, had uh, found a solution. Why don't I connect you two? Yeah. yeah, I think I think that will be key moving forward as well. Having having you know customers collaborate with each other, whether that's virtually or in person, um, definitely definitely super helpful for you know evolving their service departments. Speaking of which, uh, I was hoping to get your your perspective as well. Again, so in order for service departments to evolve and create sort of a future future proof service management process system uh what are some of the things that you guys will be recommending to your customers as we move into like this new era of service delivery um i'd say esm so enterprise service management 
is key. Um, to have all your departments and services in one system is going to enable any organisation to become more efficient and give visibility across the board as well of what other departments are doing. Because I think when we talk about ESM, um, it can be quite a daunting topic. And, you know, sometimes people think, well, you know, I work in IT. Why do I need to know what facilities are doing, for example? But it's very surprising the amount of crossover that there is between different departments. Um, and I think by moving to ESM, obviously that's not necessarily going to be possible for all organisations, but the ones that it is possible for, and it makes sense for them to do it, I'd say do it. And it's probably one of the only ways you're going to make sort of service management future-proof. I would, I'll jump on that one here, but actually... Um... Yes, we can keep the vision of uh, ESM definitely as the goal there because because you already see that we don't operate in silos. We can't. And we already notice it now with the pandemic, even being at home, working from home, and you know you have to get in touch with HR facilities and IT. Gosh, let's make, let's make the streamlined process here. But um, to take it back as well, we have to also understand that let's get processes in IT uh, straight as well. Let's uh, let's, let's start with, because it, it starts with IT um, top desk normally, and then it spreads out to other departments. And how I like to say is like, okay, um, uh, let's work on the processes that you have now. Are there things that need to be streamlined? Are there things that we can automate as well uh, for starters? And then um, let's find those quick wins. Obviously, we would want to get in touch with facilities and HR, but if you look at them, they could be big departments that mm -hmm. have processes um, from way back. Their 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 um, how to put it? Their way of working is ingrained, and the culture change is inevitable. But it will it will take a lot of uh, um, massaging, I would say. I'd start with the quick wins, right? So identify the um, departments that um, could use top desk in an instant right it could be a small uh, well I wouldn't want to say small but it could be as um, a department such as uh, health and safety PPEs we need a web shop in order to order our PPEs or a, a procurement we need a um, process in order to well purchase new laptops uh, that's very important and library services, you know, those kind of departments are still core within the organization and the operations of an organization anyway. And then it starts to go into, let's, let's bring in um, conversations with facilities. Let's bring in the conversations with HR and finance. You know, it's, it's just finding those advocates there and then, and then building top disk out. Exactly, pinpointing the right people to speak to. Exactly. Yeah. I think something else I'd say as well to kind of take it to a less, well, move the focus a little bit away from ITSM and more about the culture is that organisations, they need to continue to move with the times and mm -hmm. take this, well, everything that's happened in the last 12 months as an opportunity to make those cultural changes that maybe mm -hmm. they've always planned to make. Because I think um, it could be quite easy to revert back to the former ways of working. But 
so many people have worked so hard to implement this new and more flexible way of working as well that Mm -hmm. that should continue and with that service delivery will then continue to improve and you know I think one thing we've seen from this pandemic is to kind of go back to the SSP more people are using the SSP and doing more things for themselves because everyone's at home they can't just pop over to someone at an IT's desk to ask them a question or to reset the password they have to do that and they can't always necessarily pick up the phone because a cultural thing now is that everyone has a lot more meetings because you're not in an office with people face to face so to take that example of self-service and more people are using it Mm. keep that in place and continue Mm. to push that forward it's exactly Mm -hmm. what it's there for Mm -hmm. I would like to actually hop on that uh, train of thought Tanisha because it brings it to um, it was either a podcast that I listened to or or something but uh, we now want to really focus on and to keep our organization for future proof and to keep to help other organizations with their service management, maintain it and be uh, future proof. It's, it's the customer experience. Let's focus on that. And especially since we're online a lot and remote, it is the customer experience. It, uh, where do we start? Okay, so some organizations, it will start with processes and not necessarily going into the self-service portal yet, because in the end, we want to at least prioritize the things that are coming through, the requests that are coming through based on a system and not based on uh, my angry face and screaming voice. So it's 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 starting with that process and then that all falls into place to to provide an, an incredible customer service experience um, for those working remotely. I think this is a good point to, to wrap it up right here. Uh, I just want to thank you both for your insights. I, I think uh, all top desk customers are in, are in pretty good hands when it comes to the UK and Canada and probably anywhere else for that matter. I'm sure we have uh, CSMs in other, in other parts of the world as well. So uh, yeah, I think, I think we're definitely in good hands in that way. Uh, also, big thanks again to uh, all of our listeners for tuning in. Um, we really appreciate you tuning into the first episode of season two here and get, get, getting things kicked off on the right foot with us. If you'd like to stay up to date on all things TopCast, don't forget to sign up on our email updates page. Uh, it's page.topdesk.com slash TopCast. And we will see you in a couple of weeks where we will discuss sustainable self-service strategies. Yes, that is a tongue twister. With returning guest Yash Parikh. In the meantime, stay safe, stay tuned, and most importantly, stay excellent. Take it easy, everybody.